Well, good morning to you on this uh, beautiful snowy day. Uh, I want to introduce my lovely wife. Uh, she's from the Philippines, and she loves Minnesota, and she loves the snow, and and uh, so I want to thank you for all the encouragement you've been to her since we've been here. You want to stand up, sweetheart? So, thank you. Uh, just uh, let's pray just for a moment here. I forgot to uh, pray for somebody in in the Ukraine, and I'd like to bring uh, that family before the Lord. And uh, so, our gracious God and our loving Father, how majestic is your name in all the earth. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you are sovereign, you are con- in control of everything. We thank you for your great love that we have peace uh, through your gospel no matter what the circumstance. uh, You have caused us to long for your coming, to long for the Prince of Peace and your glory to cover the earth. Father, we, we remember Olga and her family. She was with us for a while. She was such a dear saint. And we pray for her mom and dad, her brothers and sisters, as she's there in Kiev and in harm's way, that you would uphold her and her family that, Lord, you would be greatly exalted in them and glorified, that you would comfort them, deliver them from fear and from the evil one, help her to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And we thank you, Lord, for your love and care for dear Olga and the blessing she was to us here at Beacon. And... Give me grace now, Lord, and uh, fill us with all joy and peace and believing as we look at your word and your glorious love and your gospel. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to, my name is Mike Waters. I think you all know me, but in the Philippines, uh, the word for waters is too big, and uh, I was I was about 50 pounds more when I was in my latter days in the Philippines, and uh, so they called me Miguel Too Big, <laughs> Mike Waters. So the Filipinos are, they're, they're pretty funny, but, and they used to call me Top Gun, too, so uh, I just want to give you just a little history of uh, if any of you have not heard uh, uh, our testimony about the Philippines, just before we go, we're going to have a small uh, video, about three minutes, and it's going to go pretty fast. You might not pick up a lot of it, uh, but if uh, you have any questions, we just feel free to ask us, or if you'd like more information, we can, we can give it to you 
after the service or any time. So in 91, uh, the Lord called me to, to the Philippines, a little Baptist church in uh, Bloomington, Minnesota, sent me out through a, uh, asked if I would consider going out through a little mission called Action International uh, Ministries. They are about uh, 250 missionaries. They work in 28 different countries, basically with the urban poor. So I went to the Philippines in 91. I went to New Tribes Language School for about a year and a half. I went a little longer than usual. I was 43. My language uh, teacher used to say, uh, repeat after me, Mike Walang Pagasa. That means uh, no hope. And uh, <laughs> so they said uh, their ears would bleed when I, when I spoke uh, native Filipino. But eventually I learned it by the grace of God. And then... I moved into the slums of the Philippines after language school, uh, lived near an area in Tondo, Manila, near what's called Smoky Mountain. It was a garbage dump and uh, did discipleship and eventually, by the grace of God, was able to, to plant a church among the urban poor and then we were able to plant a church uh, where I went to language school among the, what's called the barrio poor, the more or less the country or the, the pro- provincial poor. And then uh, Rebecca, I didn't meet her till uh, 2005. And by the grace of God, uh, the Lord uh, gave Rebecca to me, and uh, I was totally blessed. I had been single for about 35 years, so uh, that was quite an amazing gift and blessing from God. Rebecca had a Bible training home for women for 12 years, and uh, she lived among about 20 women and did discipleship for, for women coming out of various uh, uh, walks in life, uh, incest, uh, adultery, all types of different problems. She was able to help them, and then by the grace of God, uh, somebody gave her a scholarship to to the master to the master's college, and she was able to work on her degree in biblical counseling. She's still working on that, and then uh, we got married, and the Lord called us to to Africa. Rebecca had applied for Africa with uh, our mission. I didn't know that until I met her, and then uh, her pastor didn't want to let her go because she was sickly, and, uh, but she got married and was able to go by the grace of God. And then we were called here from Uganda to Beacon of Hope, and you're going to see that in the slides. So before I... Uh, I just want to give you an overview. This three-minute uh, video will give you an idea of how the Lord led us these three decades. And it will uh, very, go very quickly. So again, if you have any questions, talk to us after it. Thank you.
drives us to our knees. I need that undiminished rebukes our slothful leaves. We who rejoice to know thee renew before thy throne the solemn pledge we owe thee to go and make I'd like to go back to uh, slide 34 and talk a bit uh, more about what to expect to do, what we expect to do when we get to a longapo as we settle in. So we're going to be uh, church planting with a couple, Francis and Mariana Song, uh, at Grace Baptist Church of Alongapo and raise up and equip. Uh, church workers. Alongapo is uh, by car about two and a half hours from Manila, up in northern Philippines. It's the old, uh, by the old naval base, Subic Naval Base, and uh, that's well, it's a little bit uh, nicer than Manila. Manila is 20 million, and Alongapo is about uh, 300 and 280,000, so it's a little smaller. So, And then uh, Mariana Song is uh, Rebecca led to Christ and discipled in the 1990s, and then the Lord uh, called her to the mission field in Uganda. She lived with us and went to uh, 
seminary there, Westminster Seminary, and got her, her master's in uh, Christian education. And then she uh, helped establish a school at our uh, children's home in northern Uganda. And she was the principal. Now, the Lord brought uh, Francis into Mary Anna's, Anna's life, and God had already called uh, him to plant a church in Alongapo. And Francis went to a little seminary, Grace Ministerial Seminary in uh, Manila, where a lot of the guys that I discipled uh, had attended. And so it's, it's a great little seminary, solid seminary. And he had been sent by his church in uh, Cayenta, that's near uh, Manila. And then uh, they met in 2019, and they were married. And then when Rebecca and I were over there for their wedding, uh, Francis approached uh, us and asked us if we could pray about mentoring them and helping them in the church plant in, in Alangapo. So we prayed uh, with our fellow elders, and uh, we waited, uh, I think, a year or two years. And so by the grace of God, they, they gave us the okay. And then uh, we're going to be doing evangelism and outreach, basically to the urban poor, in Alangapo, and uh, we're going to have basically medical missions, feeding programs, lively, livelihood programs, and Alangapo is, uh, has a lot of retired U.S. veterans. Uh, there's about uh, 40,000 U.S. retired uh, veterans living in the Philippines, and many of them live up in Alangapo and at Clark near Clark Air Base in Angeles City. And we, I desire to work with them also. And Rebecca uh, desires to work with, uh, many of them are married to Filipinas, and uh, Rebecca would desire to, to disciple them and mentor them, and even uh, possibly teach them English, have a ministry in teaching them English. So... And then at this point, there are two groups we are looking to reach. Uh, the urban poor, as I said, uh, we hope to expose them to the gospel. Uh, most Filipinos are readily open to the preaching of the gospel. And uh, also, uh, we want to reach uh, even street children, uh, there's many, when I was there in the 90s, there was many Amerasians or children of uh, uh, military that were abandoned, and uh, we desire to reach those also. And then we will also be doing discipleship and Bible studies, uh, basically what I did for, for uh, many years, and out of those Bible studies and discipleship, uh, the Lord by His grace, uh, I was able to plant a couple churches. We'll do these primarily 
in, in, in the Alangapo area. So, and then we desire to have pastors and women's conferences. Uh, Lord willing, we can help and set up and conduct uh, pastors' conferences as I did when I was in Manila. Would have uh, several speakers come over and set up conferences, do many conferences on many different topics, like what I'm. Yeah, Pastor Steve, uh, we're going to get him over there for you know a couple months, and then. Uh... <laughs> and you know, uh, Nonilo Sanchez, who was here, preached here. Uh, he desires already to have. Uh, uh, Rebecca and I to go down where's he, where he is at, down in Surigao, to, to do conferences. And Rebecca, he wants Rebecca to do a women's conference down there. And then, uh, like today, what I'll be preaching on is what I preached uh, at a mini conference in Manila and different areas of the Philippines several times uh, with an individual that came over there many times and would help in these many pastor conferences that we had. Uh, Again, Lord willing, uh, we hope to resume our our ministry in getting good books into the hands of uh, pastors and local church workers. It's greatly needed there. Rebecca had a book ministry which was really fruitful, uh, uh, Sola Scriptura, and she uh, had many book tables, distributed many books and literature in her time when she uh, had the Bible training home with women. Now, can I have a slide 35? Many of you know that we were supposed to leave for the Philippines March 14, but uh, the old uh, or new Omicron hit the Philippines and they, they shut, down our, shut down our flight. So uh, once we are ready to rebook uh, the Philippine government, once we were ready to rebook the Philippine government decided that foreign nationals, all of them need to be have a vaccination mandate, and uh, we have nothing against vaccinations. It's just that my wife, uh, she has a lot of uh, allergies, and uh, we were going to get uh, a vaccine about a year ago, the Johnson & Johnson, but uh, when we got to the VA, uh, they shut it down because I think... Uh, Six women had blood clots and stuff like that, so we decided to pray about it, wait about it, and so uh, there's a new vaccine that's come out. It's called Corbivax or Novavax, and uh, it's available in the Philippines, but it's not has not been uh, okayed for emergency use here. It's in about a, a hundred different con- countries now. It's a nonprofit, no patent. And it's uh, very safe. Uh, Rebecca and I are praying about that it would come soon that we could get that vaccine. So, 
Lord, that the Philippines please pray that the Philippines will lift that, that mandate. Uh, they've lifted the, the quarantine uh, if you're vaccinated. So thank you for praying. And then uh, pray that uh, we'd have a useful and fruitful time serving the Lord in Minnesota while we're waiting to leave in Alangapo, uh, and pray for a, please pray for a place to rent in Alangapo. Rent is uh, relatively uh, a lot lower in the Philippines, maybe about between 250 and 300 a month for, for a little two-bedroom or three-bedroom, but uh, pray for that and that we could find a place that doesn't get flooded every time it rains, so that's a problem in the Philippines. So, And then uh, we are looking for an apartment that uh, we could do hospitality and have Bible studies, uh, have people be able to stay over, a guest room for those that uh, want to visit us in the future. And we know that many of you want to visit us in the future. So, And then... Uh, we ask that uh, we still need uh, funds to set up in Alangapo for, and where we still need uh, more monthly expenses. But the Lord has brought in quite a bit so far. We thank you all for those who, who have uh, been so generous. We, we bless you and thank you for that. And then for safe travel, for our belongings. Uh, also that we get to Manila two or three weeks before our LCL shipment of all our goods arrives, uh, that can be a real problem. So we have to be there when, when our goods arrive. It's, it's going there by ship. So pray it might be delayed a little, those containers, you know, how they've been delayed. So uh, the Lord, uh, we ask that the Lord would undertake for us here. And Rebecca has a dual citizenship. And... Uh, and needs to process important paperwork in person before our, our shipment arrives in the Philippines. Now, the shipment was picked up last January 10th, and uh, so we need to get there as soon as possible. Okay. Now, and then we ask for your prayers for medical insurance and coverage for the Philippines. Uh, my insurance man, he's a Blue Cross guy, he's working on... Uh, a policy that could possibly work in the Philippines. But uh, I think Blue Cross is, Rebecca is fine. I think she'll be able to get on Blue Cross, but it's my age that uh, might be a hindrance. But age is nothing for the Lord, so you could pray for that. And then uh, heart, pray that uh, for heart preparation for the New York, uh, the, new wor- the new work the Lord is giving us to do. And for the, for the grace, the wisdom, and uh, just help uh, to, do, to do it God's way, to do it for God's glory, and uh, that God would be honored and glorified. And may Psalm 91, 12 through 15 be true for us, be true of us by God's grace. Can you uh, slide 39? 
The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. To God alone be glory and praise. Slide 40. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, Now, if you could turn in your Bibles to uh, Romans 3, 21 through 28. Romans 3, 21 through 28. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there is no distinction. For all, I, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed. For the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus." Where then is boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? Of works? No, but by a law of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. And turn over to Romans 5.1. Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, now many of uh, the reason I'm uh, preaching on justification is, as it was in... uh, Martin Luther's time, the church uh, was in the dark ages before Martin Luther because everything was dark because there was no gospel. And then God raised up Martin Luther and he uh, was greatly saved by the Lord and he preached on the justification by faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ, and the Reformation broke out. Now, uh, I'm going to read a footnote here just to give you an idea of what uh, justification is, and it's kind of a legal term, a uh, forensic term, and 
I'm reading from the MacArthur Study Bible. Uh, from this verb and related words uh, from the same Greek root, in other words, justification, occur some 30 times in Romans and are concentrated in Romans 2, 13 through Romans 5, 1. The legal or forensic term comes from the Greek word for righteousness and means to declare righteous. This verdict includes pardon from the guilt and penalty of sin and imputation of Christ's righteousness to the believer's account, which provides the positive righteousness man needs to be accepted by God. God declares a sinner righteous solely on the basis of the merit of Christ's righteousness. God imputed a believer's sin to Christ's account in his sacrificial death. Isaiah 53, 4-5, and 1 Peter 2, 24. And he imputes Christ's perfect obedience of God's law to Christians. The sinner receives the gift of God's grace by faith alone. Sanctification is the work of God by which he makes righteous and those whom he has already justified is, is distinct from justification, but without exception always follows justification. So, as in Luther's time, the, the word justification is almost uh, nil in a lot of churches. Uh, in the Western church, we're in danger of, of losing the gospel. You notice during uh, the COVID outbreak that many, many churches have closed down, and I believe that's because they really have nothing to stay open because they're not preaching the gospel, they're not preaching justification. Now, I read a little book, uh, one of the best I've ever read on justification. It's called Free Justification, A Hill to Die On. Over the centuries, uh, men and women uh, around the world have died for the doctrine of justification, for the pure gospel and uh, the gospel of free grace. That little book is published by Exalting Christ Ministries in uh, Vallejo, California, or if you want to go on the internet, it's, uh, you can get uh, a lot of uh, PDFs. It's by Pastor Steve Fernandez. Pastor Steve know, knew him well. He died of a, a brain tumor a number of years ago. He is a very godly, uh, gifted pastor. Now, once uh, he talks about uh, he preached in Honduras to a group of pastors, and he preached on justification by faith alone. And he was totally amazed and uh, just puzzled at the reaction that he got when he finished his, his message. He says there was extreme joy, there was weeping, there was pastors that, for the first time, they said they had 
great assurance of God's love and great assurance of salvation. And then I remember uh, I used the Taliabo story in the Philippines a lot. Uh, We had 42 different sites that uh, we would teach uh, creation to Christ, and we'd show that film to a lot of children, a lot of urban poor. And one thing that you note in that story was, back then it was called Delivered from Darkness. One thing you notice that the tribal people, once they understood the gospel and that they were justified freely by God's grace, they broke out in exuberant joy. And you can talk to people here, once they understood the gospel or being justified by freely by grace alone, it brought them great assurance, great love for Christ, and it uh, revolutionized their life. And we certainly need uh, a great uh, revival, a great turning to the Lord, a great uh, restoration of the gospel in America and even throughout Europe, throughout the world. Now, uh, Steve, Pastor Steve Fernandez wrote about the problems that uh, turning away or getting off the track on justification, even among the Puritans, like with Richard Baxter, and some of the Puritans, uh, they got off on justification and made it uh, almost a works righteousness. And John Owen talks about that. Uh, He had a continual battle with Richard Baxter on justification by grace alone. The thing is, Richard Baxter was the chaplain for the, the parliamentary forces, and he saw a lot of antinomianism, a lot of uh, loose living, and so he, he got off the doctrine of uh, justification and got more into, the, into legalism and uh, distorted that doctrine. Now, today we have, I, I could mention them, but for time's sake and controversy's sake, uh, many, there's some really godly men that used to preach justification by faith alone in Christ alone, and they have uh, turned away from that. So uh, I just want to mention, with the little time that I have, uh, just imagine if you're taking notes, uh, just draw a bar or a line and put above that J, and you can call that the experience bar. Justification is above, and it is outside our experience, since it occurs in the mind of God. Now, both regeneration and sanctification occur in our lives. And then the next bar, you can put uh, justification and sanctification above, and then regeneration below. This is a passive active bar, or regeneration is a passive work of God in us, 
why we were dead in our sins and unable to respond. And justification, we actively believe. And in sanctification, we actively obey by the grace of God. And then the next one is bar would be the act versus work bar. Regeneration and justification are acts of God. And sanctification is the work of God. Now, if that's a little hard to understand, we can... There's two sides of justification related to the law of God. Uh, The obedience uh, required, that's the positive side. Uh, we, We lack obedience. And Christ was born under the law. Christ fulfilled the requirements of the law. And Christ was tempted and proven righteous. He represented us. Christ represented us. His obedience was imputed to us when we believed. We were declared righteous in his, in, because of him. And then on the negative side, uh, we have sin. Christ became sin for us. He represented us. Christ endured the sanction of the law and death. He saved us by his blood, and we are forgiven. So that's trying to simplify justification. Now, one of the, one of the worst uh, words in the English language for, for the gospel is plus. Uh, my bap- baptism plus works, Uh, faith plus works, grace plus works. We are justified or forgiven through faith alone in Christ alone, plus nothing. So, and that's being distorted greatly today. If you're uh, writing notes, this uh, dear pastor that came from the Philippines, he gave a a good illustration of... uh, justification, to simplify it. You can draw a box on your, if you're taking notes, and you can put in that box, my conduct. So, now all religions in the world teach about conduct. Uh, All teach responsibility. And, but the Christian, for the Christian, Christian salvation is based on the conduct of, of another person. So uh, that should be good news uh, because every religion in the world, it's by works and by our responsibility and Christianity is the one it's, it's by the conduct of another, namely Jesus Christ. So then you can put in the uh, Next two boxes, his conduct, my conduct. Now, his conduct, one is Jesus Christ and my conduct. The other is me, a sinner, or us sinners. And then, uh, also, his conduct, he was born under the law, and he kept it the law perfectly. As it says in James, if we disobey one point of the law, we're guilty of breaking all the law. 
And in my conduct, I was born under the law, and I broke it for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. We were born in sin. So uh, we, Adam's sin was imputed to us. He, we all inherited a sinful nature, his sin. And in his conduct, the Christian gospel is that Jesus Christ took the sins of his people and gave his people the merits of his obedience. Now, if you don't understand this, please let me know after, after the service. I'm trying to make it as simple as possible. Once you understand justification, uh, you'll jump for joy at the love of God for, for sinners. Now, his conduct, only Christianity teaches that we may have the reward of another's obedience. So we get the reward of another's obedience, namely Jesus Christ, just as we have the guilt of Adam's sin. So we have the guilt of Adam's sin, but now when we trust in Christ alone, we have the reward of his obedience, and namely the, the gift of eternal life. Under his conduct, obedience is rewarded with life. In my conduct, disobedience is punished by death. So our disobedience, our sin, results in death. Now you can write in two more boxes there, my guilt and his merit. So Christ received for a time the status of a sinner, though his conduct was perfect. So... And then I received in Christ the status of a righteous man through the obedient, though, the, though the obedience was not mine. So I hope this is all making sense. So, uh, and then my guilt, he did not sin, but graciously took the guilt of mine and died for me, his merit. And in my guilt, I did not obey but he represented me. I receive all the reward his obedience has merited. So I hope it's getting clearer. Uh, now in another two boxes, you can write in one box, his death, and then my life. So we are rewarded with the life he deserved, and he with the death we deserved. So we deserve death, but we get rewarded with his life. So, and then we go back to my guilt. Christ received my sin, and his merit, I receive his pardon. So, and then you can write in another box his obedience and my disobedience. Here is the great exchange, as theologians call it. We have the great exchange here. My sin was imputed to Christ on the cross. His obedience was given to me and received by faith. This is the way the Father looks on all who trust in him. So again, this is called the great exchange. It's kind of a simple way to remember 
this, this glorious transaction, this, this wonderful love and this gift God has given us. My sin was imputed to Christ on the cross. His obedience was given to me and received by faith. This is the way the Father looks on all who trust in him. Now in another two boxes, you can write his perfection, and then in the other box, my sin. Now, I still have sin. I am pardoned, but my conduct does not measure up to that of Christ. My sin. How does he solve this? So, we have another two boxes, obedience and obedience. He changes our status. He changes our standing and declares us righteous in Christ. He sends his spirit and begins a work that will be completed in full obedience in all he has saved. Everyone with this hope purifies himself even as he is pure. I hope this, you're getting this. I hope you understand. It's a, it's a, it's a phenomenal joyous uh, truth. And then there's a box that says, our hope is outside this box. So the Christian hope is not built on our conduct, but his. Then his obedience is replicated in those who believe in him. We are grieved at our sin We are glad our salvation rests on the conduct and sacrifice of another who became a man for us sinners and our salvation. Now this this little illustration that I just gave with the limited time that I had, uh, we would do a mini-conference with Filipinos and even in, in uh, Uganda, and we'd end up with this little illustration. And there was such great joy. Uh, the lights just seemed to go on uh, with those who were believing the gospel, and even those that have believed the gospel. Uh, it was just such a joy to understand this whole concept of free justification. And it's a hill to die on. It's it's our anchor for the soul. It's the American church, the church in Europe and throughout the world uh, needs to reestablish this glorious uh, doctrine of justification. Now, I talked about the church being in the dark ages for a thousand years, that's because this, this doctrine was squashed and uh, we had Roman Catholicism or it, it was just a dark time in history and look, God used a little monk named Martin Luther to revive this glorious doctrine and to save his soul. Uh, And if you're here today and you do not know Christ and you have been struggling or trying to work your way to God, well, this is good news. This is what we teach and preach. This is 
the foundation of our, of our local church here. This is the foundation of the church worldwide, is the gospel of Christ, that Christ was our substitute. He bore our sin. He obeyed the law perfectly in our place. He died in our place and paid the punishment that we deserve at eternal hell. And that he rose from the dead for our justification to show that he is King of kings and Lord of lords, the Savior of those who trust in him. So let us pray. Father, we love you, we thank you for this uh, wonderful, glorious truth of your great kindness and love for sinners, that Lord, we cannot save ourselves, we were helpless and without you, dead in our trespasses and sins, and you reached down and you took our sins upon you and died in our place as our glorious substitute. And you are seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession evermore for us and your, your glorious church. Lord, may your truth and your gospel permeate the whole, whole earth. May you bring a great revival, a great turning to you. And may your gospel uh, be lifted up and may you be glorified throughout the heavens of the earth. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.